you the quantum mechanics? Yes, we are the quantum mechanics, the podcast that peeks under the hood of the paranormal to work out what's going on. And on top of that, we're also the podcast with the shortest intro before you get into the guts. There you go. I like that. Um, <clears throat> so today, Ben, um, well, we've got some exciting stuff coming up in the next few weeks. So uh, next week, so as you may know, during lockdown, me and Ben have been recording this podcast over Zoom, whereas normally we record in our lovely haunted pub uh, in Oxfordshire in our little upstairs studio, which is haunted by uh, a pub ghost. And next week, me and Ben, exciting news, we're going to be back in the pub, right? Right, yeah. And we're going to stay after hours and we're going to see if we can see her. Yep, we're going to tell some ghost stories and we're going to see if we can find uh, the pub ghost. So it's a celebration, one, because, well... For the whole of lockdown, all I've seen of Ben's face is over Zoom, so I've not seen him in person, so it'd be good to see him again. I haven't Second... been dressed below the waist. <laughs> no, exactly. Oh, that's an image I'm not going to get out of my head. Um, uh, secondly, we've not been in our pub studio that we normally record in, so we've been missing that. Thirdly, we've not been in the pub. And fourthly, we've not seen kind of ghostly activity in the pub while we've been uh, Zooming. So... We're really looking forward to spending a night in the pub next week. And if we find a ghost, if we don't find a ghost, we'll give you a bit of a history of our haunted pub that we record in uh, and see if we can so, so, uh, find something weird. But in honour of the fact that next week we are returning to the pub, I thought we'd do a pub-themed episode this week, Ben. Oh, good idea, sense. yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, and I was going to do lots of research on haunted pubs and then I came across an article that did it all for me. So slightly lazy, but I loved the magazine that it came from. So this, what I'm going to talk about today, are the top 10 haunted pubs in Britain, according to the Drinks Business magazine. My third favourite magazine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not a paranormal magazine, it's just about the drinks business. It, I, for those of you uh, who are outside the UK, this reference won't make any sense, but... Uh, it reminded me of that bit at the end of Have I Got News For You when they pick a weekly publication Oh, yes, feature. yes, yes. Our, our UK audience will know what that means. But so... Um, so Just this can, is I, not... can I ask, when you get to the end of that magazine, does it start sort of slurring and do they kind of <laughs> yeah. lose their way? Is it just like, rah, 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 and there's a picture of some beer? Well, the last page just says, Time, gentlemen, please. <laughs> That's a good sitcom. There you go. Um, so... <laughs> This is not the top 10 haunted pubs according to me and Ben, uh, but it is the top 10 haunted pubs according to the Drink Business magazine. And if anyone would know, Ben, surely they would know. Oh, I think they probably would. Uh, I'd love to be able to make some kind of countdown, chart countdown music, but I'm not sure we'll go that far. So shall we just get into it and kick off with yeah. the number 10 or the 10th most haunted pub in the UK, according to Drinks Business magazine? Yeah, you'd be Bruno Brooks. So number 10 in the top 10 haunted pubs, according to Drink Business magazine, is the Mermaid Inn in East Sussex. Oh, have you heard of the Mermaid Inn? Well, no, I, I thought you were going to say the Mermaid Inn in Burford because we had a story about the Mermaid. Uh, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Some people come from the Mermaid Inn. But no, I, the, I guess there's a few, but no, I haven't come across that one. Right, well, let me, let me tell you a little bit about the Mermaid Inn in East Sussex. So it was rebuilt in the 1420s, which is just bonkers when you think of it. It was renovated in the 1420s. Uh, it's in Rye. It boasts a Norman cellar that dates back to 1120, 11, I can't even speak, I'm, I'm in pub <laughs> mode already, that dates back to 1120. I went to school with him, Norman Seller. <laughs> oh, we're in top form today. Um, so, yeah, so it's a history back to 11, the, uh, the 1100s and it was rebuilt in 1420. Now, there are many ghosts and the most frequent sighting is of a lady dressed in white who sits in a chair by the fireplace in room one. I always find it really spooky when they've got kind of room numbers. I don't know, there's like that yeah. Stephen King thing that's got the room numbers and yeah, yeah, you know, totally, a lot of yeah. his way. It's just a bit weird. So guests uh, on multiple occasions, so multiple guests, multiple times, have told the same story, that they leave their clothes on the chair during the night and wake to find them wet. 
where I know where your mind's going. I've been to hotels like that. <laughs> well, in the Nutcracker suite, uh, a lady in white is said to have been murdered by smugglers and has been spotted walking across the room and through the door, stopping at the foot of the bed of whoever's staying there for a moment on her way past. Can you imagine that would be freaky, wouldn't it? Can you imagine waking up? That would make your clothes wet, I think. <laughs> make something wet. <laughs> yeah. Two years ago, in the Fleur de Lis room, a bank manager and his wife awoke to find a man walking through their bathroom wall and across the centre of the room. Meanwhile, wine bottles fly off the shelves in the bar and a rocking chair rocks unaided in room 17. These These are very interesting stories, but at the same time, I'm thinking... They have named their rooms quite pretentiously. <laughs> what, room 17? Well, where you go from <laughs> the, room... The Fleur de Lise. Yeah. Where you go from room one to the Fleur de Lis room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, nut, the Nutcracker Suite. Uh, that's the worst pun ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, multiple rooms, multiple ghosts, multiple sightings, which is why it's earned its place as number 10 in the top 10 haunted pubs, according to the Drinks Business magazine. Thank you, Drinks Business magazine. Yeah. Actually, reading through these, I've been to one of the pubs in the top 10, which we'll come to later, and I know you've been to one of the pubs on this top 10 as well, so oh. interesting. Number nine is Devil's Stone Inn in Devon. I think I said that right. Devil's Stone Inn, Devon. Yeah, it's always a tongue twist to that. So, it was a former 17th century farmhouse, and staff have reported many strange goings on at the pub, particularly when it was refurbished, which made me think, because you, um, I think you mentioned the other week when we talked to Tony Hayes about the Cheshire, Chester, sorry, haunting, uh, that you talked to somebody in a pub near you who'd had loads of activity once it was refurbished. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It there's something about refurbishment. Yeah, yeah, I wonder why that is. Just, I guess, disturbing their kind of resting place. Mm. Uh, yeah, so uh, things particularly kicked off when it was refurbished. Taps started running unaided. Beds unmade themselves. Maybe they've just got a lazy kind of, you know, maybe lazy <laughs> staff. Yeah, oh no, it just made, unmade itself, you know, wasn't it? Uh, pictures are found on the floor in the morning and windows spontaneously fly open. Loud footsteps are often heard on the landing along the fan- and along with phantom knocks on the doors. Room 8 is thought to be the most haunted in the inn, with guests reporting bed covers suddenly being removed, pictures being moved on the walls during the night. A young girl's giggle could also be heard along the corridor and the smell of smoke can sometimes be detected when there isn't none. Uh, the cottage that it was, the, the air where it was once building, there were cottages that once caught fire, so that's kind of added to the rumours of the kind of smell of burning. Uh, the spirit of an RAF pilot who died in room four can often be seen in the bar. Uh, to keep, ba- though, this is quite interesting. To keep bad at bay, every year on the fifth of November, I don't know why they chose that date. The Devil's Stone next to the inn. I don't know, I'm not quite sure what the Devil's Stone is. I guess it's a stone that belongs to the devil, I guess. Uh, next to the inn is turned over by, and the church bells ring to keep Lucifer away from the village and the pub. Well, maybe move his stone a bit further away. I mean, <laughs> yeah, to another pub, maybe. Yeah. Well, if, if he likes that stone so much. Yeah. But I thought, I thought, uh, I thought the renovation thing was very interesting because yeah, we've yeah. come across that phenomenon before. Uh, uh, stuff uh, flying open, and I know when we're going to be in our haunted pub, there are various bits and pieces that sound a little bit familiar to, to this story, but I won't, I won't spoil that now because we'll be in talking about that next week. Uh, number eight in the top ten haunted pubs in Britain, according to the Drinks Business magazine, Uh, I'm not going to talk much about this because I know when we are uh, going to spend the night in the pub uh, in next week's uh, episode, you want to talk about this pub as well. So I'm just going to mention the name uh, and then we will, uh, Ben will tell us more about that next week uh, in the next week's episode. So number eight in the list is the Jamaica Inn in Cornwall. I'm right in thinking you want to talk about that next week, right when we're in the pub. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm going to say nothing about that apart from it's number eight in the most haunted pubs in the UK. So, number seven in our list of the most haunted pubs in Britain uh, is our first entry from London. It's the Old Bank of England in Fleet Street in London. Uh, And I think I've been to this. I think it was refurbished and it was a pub, then it wasn't a pub. Uh, And I'm pretty sure I've been into this place, but I I didn't see anything spooky and it wasn't for spooky reasons. So before the Bank of England stood on the site, two taverns, the Cock and the Haunch of Venison, Haunch of Venison, what a great name for a pub. It's Um, a good job they didn't merge. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to get those two things confused. Um, They occupied the site uh, in the 16th and 17th century. Both were demolished in 1888, which seems like a story in itself. You've demolished Mm. two pubs on one site, a two pubs on one site. Why would you demolish them at the same time? That may be something to look into. Oh, okay. (laughs) I should have read a little bit further of my research. Uh, They were demolished in 1880 to make way for the construction of the law courts for the branch of the Bank of England, which traded on the site for 87 years. So it's now uh, a pub again. I guess the interesting thing about the location and why it's got a lot of notoriety, uh, it lies between Sweeney Todd's former barbershop and Mrs. Lovett's pie shop. So I'm sure we're all, everybody's got to be familiar with the story of Sweeney Todd, right? Yeah. There although, can't be anybody in the world who doesn't know about Sweeney Todd. No. Do, do we have to until, sum it? Well, until you just said, I thought it was a story. I didn't know it was real. Well, weirdly, when I was doing the research, I thought it, it wasn't real. So, um... Well, the, the story is obviously Sweeney Todd kills people and then turns them into pies. Yeah, yeah, turns them into pies. So he, had, uh, he, he used to slit their throat and Mrs Lovett would convert them into pies. I thought it wasn't a true story, but maybe it is. Um, yeah, because, well, it says here, the tunnels... Of the, Look, I'm not going to question the research done by The Drinks Business magazine. Uh, Other Drinks Business magazines are available. Yeah, exactly. The tunnels and vaults below the present building were where Todd's victims were butchered before being cooked and sold in pies by Mrs. Lovett. And then she'd sell the pies to unsuspecting customers. So it was a true story. Gosh. Well, I don't think I'll go there to eat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, what's what's your pie of the day, <laughs> Norman? So hold on. So remember, this was once called the Cock and the Haunch of Venison, and it's on the location where Sweeney Todd killed his victims and Mrs. Lovett turned human beings into pies. I don't think I'm going to be eating that. A cock and venison pie, delicious. <laughs> yeah. So, number six in our list of the top ten haunted pubs in Britain is the Ostrich Inn in Berkshire. So again, this one is another one that uh, has its roots back to the 1100s. So uh, it was foundations date back to 1106. The the inn was originally named the Hospice, which Ooh. is a weird name for a pub, don't you think? Yeah, let's all go up the Hospice. Once you, once you, once you buy a pint in there, you just never leave, do you? Um <laughs> I'm committed to this drinking. Now, here's a name that's going to come up a couple of times in this top ten list, which I think is quite interesting. Uh, This pub, which at the time was called The Hospice, was used as a hideout by the legendary highwayman Dick Turpin, while famous London diarist Samuel Pepys also slept within its walls. It's a pretty good, varied clientele. Yeah, yeah, it really does, yeah. Dick Dick Turpin Turpin is one of my least favourite pies, I must say. (laughs) And my favourite Samuel... I don't know if you've ever read the Samuel Pepys diaries. but they Yeah, are, yeah. They are fascinating. I love that story about um, him uh, burying the big... It was a parmesan, wasn't it? It was a parmesan, yeah. It was during a whole, the Great Fire of London. Yeah, he, mm. he buried a whole parmesan in his backyard. you just got to admire him for that. Mm. No, no, you know, no matter what else he did in the world, the fact that his first thought when the whole of London was burning down was, I must bury my parmesan. Genius. You're thinking of Parmesan, I can see by the I smile really on your am. face. I'm thinking of delicious. <laughs> I've lost you. I've lost Ben. I've lost Ben. <laughs> so but don't you, uh, like, I, he must have been one of those people like me and probably you, when you go to an Italian restaurant 
and they bring out the parmesan and they do like three scrapes over the grater and they, they look at you expectantly and you just stare at them into their expectant eyes yeah, and go, more. no, more please, more. keep going. Yeah. Keep going until the whole block is shaved onto my meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's you, there's nothing worse than being an Italian restaurant with a quick kind of one-two scrape. Is like no, no. On. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, I'm sure it's not like that in the Ostrich Inn. Not if Samuel Pepys went there. I think he would have. He would have definitely wanted a lot of parmesan on his lasagna while he was at the Ostrich Inn. Um, I, I, I would guess that the owner just buries his head in the sand. So this pub, the Ostrich Inn in Berkshire, was, it became famous because it's said to be the site of over 60 murders. Most famous were those committed in the 17th century by the landlord at the time. Oh. One Mr Jarman, who with his wife made a profitable sideline by murdering wealthy guests after they had retired for the night. So they offered rooms, wealthy guests would come to their pub, He'd probably do a little side story of, oh, who knows you? Does anyone know you? Well, nobody would know you were there at that point, would they? They wouldn't know no. where you'd probably stopped off because you probably didn't book in advance. So if they were wealthy enough, he'd, uh, with the help of his wife, he'd murder the guests of the uh, the inn uh, in the night and basically uh, steal all their money and jewels and uh, make a good profit in sideline. And then the, the pair had a trapdoor built into the floor of one of their bedrooms. And when a super-rich candidate arrived, they would tip the sleeping victim from the hinged double bed through the trap door and into a vat of boiling liquid below. That's quite a lot of planning. That is a planning, trap door. I'd have to Sweeney Todd, actually. We were just mentioning Sweeney, Sweeney Todd, had, didn't he? Or is that, that maybe is the stuff that's come across in the films. Didn't he have a little trap door? That well, that's what I thought, yeah, yeah. But maybe that's that. Maybe that's kind of that's become part of the legend. But certainly, the pair who run this pub killed over sixty wealthy people. Uh, pulled a lever, put them through the trap door of the bedroom into a vat of boiling liquid. God, city breaks were really different back then, <laughs> yeah, weren't they? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although <laughs> I've had worse service in place. Oh well, um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, Paranormal activity in the inn includes strange noises, objects moving of their own accord and ghostly figures. A woman in a Victorian dress has been seen walking through the corridors. Uh, it's always a kind of woman in a kind of weird... Yeah. My only problem with that kind of... That comes up a lot, doesn't it? Oh, there's been a strange woman in a Victorian dress walking the corridor. It's almost, it's almost the cliché of what a ghost looks like, which... Mm, yeah. I don't know, either means that that's because that's what they look like or it's a cliche. I, I, my, I, th I think probably the latter, but I don't know. But the, I, I'm sort of thinking, I wonder if there are any ghost pies. I mean, if they've got people in them, like, do you, do you ever come down in the morning, there's a whole load of, like, slightly wispy pastry <laughs> on the side yeah you come down with terrible indigestion yeah that's right and a slight feeling of guilt that you probably shouldn't have ordered chips with it yeah my, my other thing though if that's what they did in this pub that they kind of pulled the trap door people fell through into a boy like a, a vat of boiling oil how did the other guests not i mean sure if you dropped into a vat of boiling oil when you're fast asleep I think I'd make quite a lot of sound about that, wouldn't you? Maybe slit their throats first. Did it say that? No, well, I mean, you probably die quite quickly in there. Yeah. Well, you just make up a story about whelping kittens or something. I, I guess TripAdvisor has put an end to all these deaths. Yeah, I hope so. I yeah. hope so. So, we're, we're into the top five, Ben. Oh, okay. For the most haunted pubs in Britain, is there a new entry? Or uh, yeah, I think this one moved up. It was number six last time, but I think now, uh, now they've I called it because of their TripAdvisor rating. The uh, the Ostrich Inn has dropped one place, and up in at number five is the Red Lion in Avebury, Wiltshire. Ah, now I do know that place. Yes, you do. Have you been there? 
I have been there, yes. Oh, yes. so you've been to the, I know I know you've been to another one of this. So, so this is the two pubs you've been on. Now, did you go for haunted reasons or did you No, go for no, pleasure? no. So so it's the only well, it's one of the very few places where we go to Avebury. For, for anyone that doesn't know, Avebury is sort of famed for its uh, stone circles. They're kind of bigger than Stonehenge in many ways. And the Red Lion is kind of, it's the only pub in this very small village. And if you turn up and either you need a wee, therefore you go in and buy a lemonade so you can have a wee, or you need some food, yeah, and and there was an episode of Most Haunted that came from there. Yeah, yeah. Actually, quite a few of these have featured in Most Haunted, and they do talk about that quite a lot. It was the um, one where Derek Akura claimed that he could see aliens, ghost aliens. So, yeah, I'm not okay. not a hundred percent sure that uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's quite that's quite there. Well, it's at number five this week. It obviously will be dropping out of the top ten yeah. next week after that review. Uh, well, well I can say they do a decent chicken and chips. That's all yeah, I'm okay. Well, let me tell you what the Drinks Business magazine says of its haunted credentials. See whether you kind of, if whether you got a vibe or something. Some of this is quite funny, but so there's a woman known as Flory is said to haunt this family pub. Uh, the site of it's as you've mentioned it is on the site of europe's largest stone circle which uh dates between 4000 and 2400 bc not the pub the stone circle uh the story goes that flory was thrown down a well by her soldier husband during the time of the english civil war having gone to battle while he was away flory took a lover one night her husband returned unexpectedly from duty and discovered flory with said lover in a fit of rage, he shot his love rival and stabbed his wife uh, to death and threw a body down a well, sealing it with a boulder. There have been several sightings of black-clad Flory walking around the pub looking for a man with a beard. Their reports differ as to whether she is seeking her husband or her former lover. On one occasion, a chandelier in the restaurant started spinning at an alarming rate when a man with a bushy beard was sat underneath it. Customers have seen Flory disappearing into the mouth of the well in the bar area, which sounds weird, but you've been there. There's a well in the bar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which has been glassed over and now doubles as a table. She has also appeared in the ladies' loos, and a former landlady reported seeing her throw salt and pepper mills across the table in the restaurant. Guests have also reported sightings of ghosts of two children covered in the corner of the avenue bedroom while a horse-drawn carriage has been known to pull up outside the pub in the middle of the night, accompanied by the clattering of hooves. Hmm. I, I, I had heard about the um, the horse-drawn carriage thing, yeah. Which is, that, that'd freak you out, wouldn't it? If the yeah. middle of the night you saw a horse-drawn carriage. Um, the beard thing's quite weird. Yeah. <laughs> you, can you imagine sitting under there, and you're, you're sitting under a chandelier, and it starts kind of... Spinning around at high speed, and they ask oh, because you got a beard. Yes. <laughs> so we're now at number four in our countdown, and this is the one that I have. This is the only one I've been to in the list, and I used to go quite regularly. In fact, uh, the Spaniards Inn in Hampstead, in London. Oh yeah, Hampstead Heath. I don't know if you've ever been to the Spaniards. No, no, I haven't. No. They used to, they used to, talking of lasagna earlier, they used to, to do a very good lasagna or a pasta bake, which, uh, which was good. Uh, it's a great pub, and uh, anyone who knows that area will know. It's on quite a fast, reasonably fast road. And then the way the pub is set up, there's a kind of, part of the pub is on one side, which is not really used, and part of the pub is on the other side of the road. But they've kept the proportions the same. So you've got this kind of, uh, right, it goes down to one lane for like a little kink in the road, and it's often a point of of uh, contention for annoyed drivers who one won't want to give way to the other. Um, oh well, this is why. So it was built in fifteen eighty five, and it were known as the Tollgate Inn. So I guess that's because of that little narrow bit. Mm. Uh, it's a North London pub. It has a colourful history. So. Making his second entry into our chart is the artist known as Dick Turpin. Local legend has it that highwayman Dick Turpin 
was born in the inn, oh. which is quite incredible, and later used it as a base for his nefarious operations. So not only was he born in the Spaniards' inn, which I never knew, uh, and, and the next bit I never knew, and I, I've been in there loads, loads um, over many years. Uh, Turpin's pistols hung above the bar until recently after they were stolen. Okay. So uh, I, I can't, I'm thinking back whether I ever saw pistols above the bar. I can't remember that. But uh, and the pub takes its name from two former landlords, Spanish brothers, Francisco and Juan Pereiro, who fought a duel over a woman in which Juan was killed. He was buried near the inn. His ghost is said to haunt the pub, along with that of Dick Turpin himself, who has been seen on the road outside and heard in the upstairs rooms. He does Crying lo- in his cot or holding up a... I don't know. He does a lot of haunting, that Dick Turpin. He does. He gets I around. I don't know how he's got time to kind of do his high women work. Um, uh, this pub is mentioned in both Dickens, the Pickwick Papers, and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh. Which, yeah, which I never, I, I've read Dracula, but I don't remember it being mentioned. But there you go. No, no, uh, The poet John Keats was a regular at the Hampstead Haunt and uh, reportedly famously wrote his Ode to a Nightingale in the pub's large garden one summer afternoon, uh, where there is also a ghostly figure of a woman who can be often be seen. Fellow writers Robert Louis Stevenson, Mary Shelley, and Lord Byron were also regulars at the pub. Hmm. Uh, and this is another pub that uh, apparently uh, people have heard the clattering of hooves and carriages, ghostly uh, horses and carriages again. So that seems to be a regular theme. Which kind of made me think, because, you, you know, you, you, I know you've got an obsession with seeing a haunted dinosaur. Mm, I do, would a, yeah. Would, yeah. Would, a, would a horse cut it for you? or, or Not exotic enough. Maybe, maybe like a really ancient horse. Yeah, I, I've, I was thinking I'd quite like to see a haunted dodo. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, sort of apropos nothing really, but uh, I learnt the other day that horse, horses and squirrels are on the same evolutionary uh, branch, and right. they they descend from <laughs> the same the same ancestor. So I think, like, at one point there were giant squirrels going around big as horses yeah as big as horses yeah yeah so i'd quite like to see that i i could could see them on the evolutionary branch not on a literal branch no no not a literal (laughs) branch no 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 but they were carnivorous as well so it'd be quite good to ride an ancient (laughs) ghost horse squirrel that's that would be like that would be proof for me You're listening to The Quantum Mechanics, the podcast that gives you insight into the paranormal and the strange and the unexplained. (laughs) (laughs) And also the evolutionary history of the horse. So look, when me and Ben start talking pubs, we just get giddy. This is going to carry on for a couple of weeks, so get used to it, listeners. (laughs) You lucky people. Yeah. Shall, Shall we go for number three? Let's countdown. go for number three. We're getting towards the UK's number one, so the let's UK's, get there. Uh, the UK's number one pub is coming up, but first we've got a new entry at number three, the Golden Fleece in York, in Yorkshire. Oh, yeah. So, the early 16th century Golden Fleece has a reputation for being one of the most haunted pubs in the country, which is why it's at number three, I assume. Yeah. Uh, one of its residents, Spooks, is said to be that of Jeff Munro, a Canadian airman who was staying at the pub in room four when he died in 1945 after throwing himself out of a bedroom window. Now, weirdly, this is, there's been a few room fours that have come up as being haunted mm-hmm. in this list, which made me think, because I know in uh, uh, certainly Japanese culture, the four is the number for death, which I thought was... Oh, cool. I didn't know that. So when I, when I lived in Japan, it was quite weird. There were some buildings... Uh, you get in the lift, and they didn't have a fourth floor. Oh. So just go three to five. Like our number 13? Yeah, presumably. yeah, it's a similar, right, similar right. thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, people staying in that room have reported sightings of a figure in full uniform standing over them uh, and corresponding drops in temperature. Customers have also complained of bed covers being removed, which, again, seems to be a 
recurring theme throughout this list. Uh, clothes taken off the rails and thrown on the floor, and the sounds of footsteps running across the hallway. During a ghost hunt in 2002, a number of people saw a man dressed in late 17th century clothes walking through the wall of the bar. Another spirit known to haunt the pub is that of Lady Anne Peckett, wife of the one-time mayor of uh, York, John Peckett. A number of guests and staff have reported sightings of her wandering the corridors and walking up and down the staircase at night. Other ghosts include a man known as One-Eyed Jack, dressed in a red coat and holding a pistol, and the ghost of a boy believed to have been trampled to death by horses outside the pub in the Victorian era. So, so if you take these, one thing that keeps cropping up for me, because I know next week, as we said, we're going to be in our little haunted pub trying to uh, find out the story, but as far as I understand it, of our haunted pub, where we record... It's kind of the tale of one ghostly former landlady. Yeah. Whereas all these seem to just be huge activity. So what what's what's that about? Is it just just things kind of snowball and one story begets another, or you know, is it a portal? Or I, I can't work out what's going on with these. I don't know, but so, the fourteen-year-old in me is absolutely loving the fact that one-eyed jack is going around holding his pistol (laughs) (laughs) that'll leave your clothes wet in the morning we've we've certainly gone carry on haunting in this episode Um, number two is a pub close to your heart i believe or at least one you've been to can you have a guess what is the number two uh is it the skirid you're right, it's the Skirid Inn ah. in Monmouthshire. So, uh, Wales's oldest pub. Did you know that? I did, yeah. And again, another one. The inn dates back to 1110. Mm-hmm. So, that's three that have all come from the 1100s. Is there something about that time period that was particularly weird? Uh, as you know, I'm going to quiz you now, see how much you remember if you were oh, yeah, to the Skirid uh can you tell me what it was named after oh now that is a good question no i think it's a boat (laughs) i was gonna say close but it's named after a mountain that lives above it oh of course it is yes yes so uh boating (laughs) (laughs) Boaty McBoatface Mount. Uh, no, that joke's cut. I'm cutting that joke, I'll tell you that much. Um, so, uh, we'll be interested if you... Did you did you go to this one for haunted reasons? Or yes, did you go, yes, you did? we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was this? Was, did you spend the night there or was it yes. just a visit? Okay. No, no, we spent the night there, yes. So, anything, anything weird? Uh, well, yes. So, okay. the whole... The whole pub, like, when, when you get there on a ghost hunting investigation, uh, the one that we did, that was uh, me and a couple of colleagues from work did it, and you get to go and have dinner first. Pretty good get, fish and chips. Get your and then right. go and explore the churchyard, which is opposite. And that was that was pretty interesting. And then you basically have the whole pub to yourself. And, um, yeah, we were walking around there. So there are some pretty extraordinary things, like it still has the gallows in there. Okay. Because there was a circuit judge that used to come and basically uh, do the judging. So there was, like, a holding cell. Yeah. And then, like, there was sort of not a lot of ceremony. Uh, The judge who was in that particular area apparently was known for being a hanging judge. And so pretty much every other person was sentenced to hanging and they'd just be marched out of the courtroom which is like right next to stroke above the bar we talked uh, we talked about this we talked about this pub actually when we uh when we talked about uh uh evil objects didn't we objects yeah that's evil, right yeah that, that episode because we we mentioned busby's stoop which was a similar set up for a pub that was the guy yeah. who was tried in his pub and i remember you mentioned the skiridin yes yeah Um, yeah so it was like there was a lot of that we had we had some ouija boards 
activity, whether, you know, I'm still not convinced that's a real thing, but that was quite, uh, that was, you know, that was quite unusual. Um, but there was, like, there wasn't a Ghostbusters moment. There wasn't a, um, you know, a full-faced apparition coming at us. But it, it sure is a creepy place. We we didn't actually... So I think we left at about 3.30, 4am. Right. And we, we were staying in a bed and breakfast down the road. We didn't actually have a room there. But I think I would probably go back. The church itself is also pretty atmospheric. Right. Uh, but but it's it's a really 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 nice pub, but it's desperately old, and you can sort of feel that. Right. And the 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 spirit that uh, well, you know, I'm I'm going to keep uh, an open mind, but the spirit we allegedly contacted said that uh, he had been murdered by being thrown into the fireplace during a fight in the pub. So okay. that was kind of interesting. Well, let, well, let's hear about what what what's typically described of the activity that goes on there so you can see where, what you missed really okay so uh you didn't experience this glasses flying across the bar by themselves no i didn't know uh which you will hear stories of that when we talk about uh our haunted pub when mm-hmm. we're there next week because we've got stories like that uh faces have been seen at the windows things mysteriously disappearing only to turn up weeks later uh residents often waking to ice cold rooms and a feeling that they're being watched it is thought that one of the main spirits at the inn is that of fanny price who worked at the pub in the 18th century. This is carry on screaming. In the 18th century. century. (laughs) It's getting even worse. Died of consumption, age 35. There have been many many sightings of her in room three. I wonder who consumed Fanny. That's terrible. (laughs) Did you get to go upstairs? I did. (laughs) Didn't see Fanny, though. Okay. The first floor of the inn was once used as a courtroom, as you said, where people were, uh, who committed serious offences were given capital punishment. In 1685, during an exceptional bloody period in the inn's history, uh, 180 insurgents from the Monmouth Rebellion were hanged from an old oak beam over the staircase just outside the courtrooms. Yeah, the, the saw hanging, that. You saw that. Not the hangings, but the, the beam. No, the no, hanging, but they've got a dummy hanging on a rope oh, from that they? beam. Mm. Okay. The hangings were ordered by uh, Baron George Jeffreys, who has since been seen walking the upper floors of the inn in search of people to hang. That's a yeah. great fireside ghost, isn't it? You stay here the night, there is a ghost that looks for who's an old judge. Who, that's perfect fodder, yeah. isn't it? Uh, one felon who was sentenced to death, sheep rustler John Crowther, has been seen several times at the property. Other ghostly occurrences in the house uh, are the powerful scent of perfume, the rustling of a lady's dress, the sound of soldiers in the courtyard, and the sightings of a lady in a white dress again. Oh, get a new dress. Uh, perhaps creepiest of all, many visitors have complained of feeling as if they're being strangled by a noose, which is no surprise given the pub's history. Some have even reported appearances of welts on their neck resembling rope burns. None of that? Nothing I didn't get any of that. No rope no. burns? No, no. I mean... When I had the fishing ships, the ships were quite hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, bu- I, I had a, I burnt the roof of my mouth on a triple cooked chip. Yeah, so yeah, it was a bit like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, that's not. I'm not. I'm not counting that as a paranormal experience. No, fair enough. Fair enough. But like, I, I would totally recommend anyone that gets the chance to go there, uh, particularly if you're say from the US, where you have a relatively recent history. That place feels old it feels old in its bricks and its bones you know to, and to, it's to its very foundations to its very foundations it's definitely worth going to yeah well before we reveal the number one haunted pub in britain according to the drinks business magazine i feel it's only traditional we run down the 10 to 2 don't you think oh certainly so if, if you're thinking about visiting these places jot these down uh and uh okay 
we'll put photos of all of these in our photo album that we publish with the podcast so uh follow or like us or uh, go check out the uh link that will be in this episode to the photo album so you can see them all so we've had at number 10 the mermaid inn in east sussex at number nine devil stone inn in devon at number eight jamaica inn in cornwall she went seven. to Verona Court. <laughs> yeah. At number seven, the Old Bank of England, Fleet Street, London. At number six, the Ostrich Inn in Berkshire. At number five, the Red Lion, Avesbury, Wiltshire. At number four, the Spaniards Inn in Hampstead, in London. At number three... <laughs> I've lost that page now. <laughs> oh, no Bruno Brooks. <laughs> and that, <laughs> At number three, the Golden Fleece in York in Yorkshire. And at number two, as we just discussed, the Skirred Inn in Monmouthshire. The number one haunted pub in the UK is the Grenadier in Belgrave Square, London. Oh. Which I'd I'd not heard of and I didn't recognise and I know London pretty well. And I'd not heard of this as a haunted pub. Uh, so I know nothing about this pub apart from what this drinks magazine has told me and telling me that it's the most haunted pub. So this red, white and blue fronted pub in Wilton Mews, far from the Madding Crowd in London's upmarket Belgravia district, is reported to be one of the most haunted pubs in Britain. Well, you would think so if it was number one, wouldn't you? Mm. It's decorated with uh, military uh, paraphernalia. The inn was once re- frequented by the Duke of Wellington's Grenadier Guards, hence the name. Uh, the upper floors of the building were used as an officer's mess uh, as the nearby army barracks, because of the nearby army barracks. It is said to be haunted by the ghost of a soldier who was beaten to death and thrown down the stairwell after he found to be cheating at a game of cards. The incident happened in September, which is when the pub experiences its highest level of supernatural activity each year. Uh, the spectre has been seen moving slowly across the pub's low ceilinged rooms and footsteps have been heard pacing empty rooms. While there have been reports of objects disappearing or mysteriously moving, chairs and tables have also been known to rattle, wisps of smoke appear where there are no cigarettes, an icy chill can hang in the air for days on end, with someone even reporting to have heard a moaning sound coming from the depths of the cellar uh, where the beating took place. Uh, When the BBC was filming a programme of Britain's most haunted pubs in 1982, the crew were tasked with taking a series of atmospheric still shots of the pub. When they had the photos developed, the head of a moustached young man was found peering in through the pub window panes, which lie 12 feet above the ground. So it was a floating body that appeared on the ground. Now, when I heard... So if you do a little Google of the Grenadier... Belgrave Square. There are quite a few stories come up about it. As soon as I saw the word BBC documentary or filming and this story of the the guy with the moustache peering in a pub window that was obviously 12 feet high or above the ground, I thought, well, that's got to be Googleable, right? So I've done a bit of Googling, but I can't seem to find any image. I've heard it mentioned a few times, but surely if that had happened, there would be an image, right? BBC kind of, we know we've, hmm. we've dealt with the BBC a lot in our time. They keep everything, right? So I don't right. know. I don't know about that. this last bit about the kind of BBC documentary seems a bit weird because I think if it would happen, there would be some kind of pictorial record of it. But. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. But it's one of the... Uh, the least double entendre ghost that we've come across. It, it is, but it's funny because just reading that and then reading, you know, our number two, the Skirid Inn, I think if it were me doing this chart, I'd have had the Skirid Inn at number one. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think one report of a spurious man with a tash. Yeah. Like, I was definitely expecting, you know, people being thrown out of their rooms, ectoplasm on the wall. Yeah, you you were expecting those closing scenes of Poltergeist, weren't you? Right, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that to be fair, that's what I'm hoping for from our haunted pub. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Well, let's talk about that, actually. So, anyway, that's our top ten list of haunted pubs. We, I, I think we... 
this, like I said, this is not our list of top ten haunted pubs, and I think we may do more on haunted pubs depending on how our uh, how our experience goes next week when we're back into our pub. How are you feeling about it? Where are you looking forward to it? Are you yeah, nervous yeah. or you? Yeah, I'm quite excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where. I don't know what to expect. Um, I got a feeling. I got a feeling either nothing will happen. Or, you know, something that, as always when we do these things, something will happen where we go, that was a bit odd, but I don't know if it proves anything. I don't know if we're going to have this, as we were just saying then, this poltergeist moment. But, you know, there are some great stories about the pub and certainly people have experienced things in. So, like I said at the start of this, it'll be great to get back in there and start recording in a kind of more traditional way that we started off uh seeing everyone in the pub will be great and uh hearing about the kind of history of the ghost that that lives there it'll be fascinating absolutely absolutely well i think you know it's clear that because pretty much the pubs are kind of like the most persistent old buildings that have been used for a single use in this country and it's not surprising that they've got you yeah, know, a number of spooks with them, or, what, or what, even just talk, even if they're just tall tales, you can see why the legends have built up. Yeah, yeah. What I don't understand, though, and has always been curious, is like I like I can completely understand the red line, and it has, you know, the the um, the carriage turning up with the horse and whatever, but it's in the middle of essentially a six thousand year old stone monument, so. I wonder why we don't have the ghosts of those builders seen anywhere. It seems like a lot of the hauntings that we hear of and the tales are of are sort of, you know, Victorian or Edwardian Mm. or whatever. Like I say, I mean, I know it's a bit glib to say I've never seen a ghost dinosaur, but like nobody talks about a ghost caveman or a ghost Neanderthal or... Yeah, and I, I wonder actually, you know, we had a few... You're right, it does kind of... But some of the names that we've mentioned in in this one, you know... Uh, I, I don't know, I keep thinking of Bram Stoker's Dracula was mentioned. You've got, you know, Mary Shelley and Byron and, you know, you've got Frankenstein and Charles Dickens and... I, I, I wonder Sweeney if... Sweeney Todd. Yeah, <laughs> they're all that kind of period, and you know, I guess in a kind of true life crime, you got kind of Jack the Ripper, and mm. uh, you know, the Penny Dreadfuls printing presses, mm. you, all these things coming together. I, I just, I wonder if it's all, and I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I, I don't know about you, but I kind of grew up on those kind of horror movies you know mm. it was always victorian and and foggy london and you know weird stuff you know whether it's jekyll and hyde or or whether it's the kind of jack the ripper type stories there is something spooky about especially london for me yeah in yeah that time. i agree i agree i agree and sort of even if you go to like a newer country like america then a lot of the the ghost stories, you know, probably some of the oldest ghosts are like um, Civil War yeah, soldiers yeah. on battlegrounds and yeah. such. But, like, I suppose, well, we'll have to do some more, more digging into it, but, like, I'd be really interested, like, say, in Australia, if there was yeah. ghost aborigines or... Yeah, yeah. Whatever, I which don't tend to get told. Those stories, they either don't exist or they're not communicated. I think that's a really good shout. I think we should we should definitely look into those. So, you know, kind of Asian, Middle East, Far East stories. What are their ghost stories? What are their things, you know? Because it would be interesting. You're right. It's kind of, for us in Britain, it's firmly in that kind of Victorian ilk mm. isn't it mm. mm-hmm. uh we, we you know we, whereas from my little experience of it in japan it seems to be a lot more uh i don't know legendary than that going mm. back a lot it's further. more fantastical yeah and legendary 
So I think that's a really good thing we should look into. Of just, you know, not not I was going to say people's kind of ghostly beliefs, but it's not about that. It's almost like what are the most prolific periods for ghost stories in kind of different parts of the world i think is Mm. that's really interesting whether it kind of goes back thousands of years or whether like like here it's kind of hundreds of years it's quite that's i think that's really interesting well the the other thing that's kind of curious about it is that currently you know today you you don't have to go far to find somebody who's got a ghost story about you know their pet dog or their pet cat yeah that that comes back and they aren't really I, I don't you know I, I I am not a biologist but I don't they don't appear to be any uh, more or less sentient than perhaps a triceratops was yeah you know hundreds of millions of years ago if not well maybe tens of millions of years ago but we I'm not aware of any ghost triceratops stories you you, you know I honestly I could walk out of the house now and ask somebody and somebody would tell me a story about how their ghost cat came back to visit them but no one has ever told me about a three-ton animal with three horns (laughs) that burst through the wall in their living room uh picking ghostly grass up off the floor and i I think that's a strange thing although i just had a vision of me and you at a hollywood pitch meeting it's a ghost triceratops Thanks for coming in, guys. <laughs> well, look, Sharknado got made. That's so. true. That's true. And the Meg got made. Jesus. Dino uh, ghosts. <laughs> Dino ghosts. Oh, copyright that right now. Oh, um, I'm writing it down. Yeah, good. Well, uh, we slightly strayed off the subject, but uh, as I said, we will be back in our haunted pub next week. We're going to be spending the night there uh, looking for the pub ghosts. Uh, telling some ghost stories, I guess, seeing if we get freaked out. Or uh, we, we'll certainly uh, be consuming spirits, whether we'll actually see them is, an, is, another, is another point. But I'm really looking forward to that. Me too, me too. So, uh, yeah, tune in next Monday for, uh, to see how we did uh, our, uh, our uh, haunted, back in our haunted pub studio. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this little warm-up top ten haunted pubs in britain uh we will uh we'll be with you next week from the pub and uh yeah looking forward to it see you next time see you next time the quantum mechanics